Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? Lucky, that's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. What do you got for me? Talk to us like an adult. But I'm not going to answer the question until you ask it correctly. Welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast where we engage culture, relevancy, theology, politics, and anything else. Did did your thing make a sound? Did yeah. you flick the string I, or the, the spring? I, I accidentally hit the springs on my on my microphone. Uh, <laughs> I'm Daniel Corey, <laughs> pastor at King's Cross Church in Kirkland, Washington. <laughs> and I'm Josh Loftus, member at King's Cross Church in Kirkland, Washington. And Daniel, my friend, mm. happy National Pet Fire Safety Day. I've got There's more. No that's real. I've got more. No, no, There's it's a real day. Like There's how also, your pets cause fires? I guess, or how, like, if you're in a house fire, don't forget about your pets. <laughs> or how to burn your pet. Like, oh, dude. <laughs> That's <laughs> dark. Dark. So dark. Uh, yeah, no. So, But anyway, um, but hey, before we get going. Give, well, give me something super else. Good, you said super good. One. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Fine, 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 fine. Uh, National Give Something Away Day. That's um, stupid. National I Love Horses Day. That's National stupid. Tapioca Pudding Day. Ugh. Nope. Keep National going. Gummy Worm Day. That's all yes. I got. That's you all have I got. me at gummy worms. Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna go with gummy worms. There. <laughs> Finally found something that you actually enjoy. Um, Daniel, I've got some really exciting news. Yes. We have some new patrons. We have some patronage. I am here but, today. But you, to you didn't announce. cut your beard, so it can't be my brother. Yeah. So you know what was so funny is when you made that announcement from the proposal, air quotes, proposal from your brother, the support for me came out of the woodwork. Like you as a person or you as your neckbeard? Me as a person. Multiple posts, don't shave that beard. And there is even people that backed it up with money for me to not shave that beard. So... Take that, Lauren Loftus. No, take that, (laughs) Daniel's brother. Um, and but no, for real, we have three new patrons because of the beard comment. Uh, it probably wasn't all that. No, okay, it's probably because they feel sorry for us. Shout them out. First one is 
Elizabeth Davis. Thank you so much. We're going to call you Liz, unless, unless you don't like being called Liz. She might hate that. Might she might, she might, she might hate Liz. Thank you, Elizabeth, for your patronage. We really do honestly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Mr. We do. Mr. Virgil Roll. Thank you, sir. How do you spell that last name? It's R-O-E-H-L. You can pronounce it Raul if you wanted to. Like, you know, uh, like, yeah, I, I, I knew you'd like pro- that. You're, you're probably right with the German <laughs> pronunciation. Though. You'd be wrong, but, but you could pronounce it like that. So thank you, Virgil, for he was one of the ones that came out in support of the beard staying. So ah. thank you. Very close to my heart, dear Virgil. And He's last, financing but, the follicles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's really strangely that I'm not. Okay, you moving on. It. Last but not least, Mr. Ani Matabushi. Thank you, sir, for your Whoa. patronage. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That name that name sounds familiar. I don't know. It's it's got a it's got I mean it's already got a ring to it just because it's a really it cool does. name. It really rolls off the tongue. Matabushi. Yeah. But he is, uh, he is cool a dude. dear friend. He is a dear friend. We, we, we like Ani a lot. Thank you, all of our new patrons. We really, really appreciate it. Sincerely, I know we joke a lot, but we really do appreciate you guys uh, getting behind us on this podcast. It means a lot, and it's, uh, it's, it's really cool knowing that people listen and people actually care about what, what we're doing and what we're saying. So that's a huge encouragement to us. Thank you guys very much. Um, and if you are listening and you want to hear your name, hear it epically shouted out on this podcast as a new patreon listener please head on over to patreon.com and uh, we have got a multitude a myriad a plethora of levels that you can choose from uh to show how much you love us (laughs) i I think we only have three right we might only have three (laughs) i think three or maybe four i'm not sure but anyway thank you for our patreons uh daniel what's going on man i feel like uh I know, I know we, we talk a lot, but sometimes I just feel like, you know, you're, you're even more distant than, than, than normal. You mean like just beyond being emotionally distant? Well, see, you're always that. Like I have to really prod and probe to get any type of emotion out of you. Mm -hmm. But other times, you know, just like not even returning texts. Yeah. You don't return texts. You don't, you hardly Marco me anymore. It's not, not because the Marco app is now horrible. I told you to figure it out, but uh, yeah, I need to figure out how to go back to the old. The old so place. I've been moving, like like moving, just like a spiritual journey, like an like, emotional journey. Like I would call that sojourning. Oh, okay. Got to use right. that biblical word, man. There is a difference. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, my wife and I put an offer in on a house. Oh yeah. That said offer got accepted, and after weeks of the most relaxing, tranquil days of my life. Uh, we moved into a house this last Saturday and I've been taking some time off work to fix a crazy long list of things. Yeah. Well, and I'm discovering my wife is really good at making lists. (laughs) Well, you better be good at uh, finishing those crossing those lists (laughs) off my man. Otherwise that relationship's going to get sour real quick. Um, No, it's it's been, congrats, congratulations. Dude. Dude. We, we ushered in, so you know I love to barbecue. Yes. And uh, I went and got some nice, big, thick ribeye steaks. Oh, man. Cooked we them no to perfection. No, I killed them the other night. Wait, 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 wait. You, you already, you, you, you oh, already I, cooked them? I s- smoked them. 
They were delicious, dude. Medium rare, all the way through. Like Smoky this is red a past thing. You didn't. You didn't invite me. I invite you all the time, and you just blow me off. You're always no, like, no, 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 I'm no. too busy. No, no, I, I can count on one hand the amount of times you have invited me over in the last this last week. No, 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 no. You never invite me over. I'm never over at your place. If I invited like, you over, would you bring raw steak and let me cook it for you? Well, yes. I mean, of course. I, and I'll Josh, bring more than that. Like, I'll bring a bunch of stuff Josh, over. Josh, you are welcome at my house. <laughs> now that I know that. <laughs> wow. Wow. I see what I am to you. I'm literally a piece of meat. <laughs> I'm not a piece of meat, Daniel, but I will bring them. <laughs> hey. So, anyway. So, thank you for uh, the invite. You know what is but one I can't of the make joys, it. one of the joys in life, yeah, is government. <laughs> um, and hold on, <laughs> I feel like you're grumpy, and, and I feel like we need to. Okay, no, 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 I, I'm segueing. Oh, I'm this roaring is a segue. I'm segueing. You're joys literally like turning the corner on a Segway on one wheel right now, one just wheel. so you know. And you know what, government reminds me of church government. We should talk about church government, Josh. Are we talking about church government today? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we are continuing our series in what to look for in a church. A healthy church. Um, yeah, so talk about church government. I think... Um, Opening question, Josh. Wait, oh, okay. Yeah. I know our listeners will be well, thinking. Not all okay, of them. Okay. Actually, I don't know them. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I could imagine someone saying... Is church government really that important? For like, and I'm not building that up to be anything weird or or, or yeah, exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. I bet lots of people are going like, is that really going to be something near the top of the list? Sure. Like in the same conversation as doctrine and polity and view of the gospel, view of the word, and, yeah. and things like that. Is church governance really that big of a deal? Josh, how would you answer that question? Well, I would answer it first by saying every church actually has a church government in one yep. way or another. Everyone has one. So because of that, yes, I think the way that your church is structured and what I mean by that is how do they make decisions when it comes time to make a decision? Like, you know, even even something small, like, you know, what are we going to pay the church or where does our budget go to really big things? Like, should we bring this individual on as a pastor, as a leader of the church, how your church goes about making those decisions? And the criteria that is used to make those decisions and the barometers that are used will impact a church probably faster than anything that we have talked about so far. Because the preaching and the doctrine, those are, those are vital. We, we've already said that. Those are so, so important. But those are something that, at least compared to church government, will, if, if they're wrong, will erode and, and contaminate the church over a period of time. You're mm -hmm. going to see that. Church government has the ability to destroy a church or build a church up um, in a matter of days, <laughs> depending, so, on, depending on what the issue is. Follow-up question. Okay. Have you ever been deeply impacted? What? <laughs> you can't even get it out. <laughs> I can't. You can't even get it out. Here, why, why don't I just take this pony from you? How about that? Well, so, <laughs> no, so a way of saying it would be... Um, 
church not, government really I, yeah. impacts people's lives can for the blessing for the for the bad <laughs> and josh just not to delve deep into your history but sure. you've, you've had some uh there's there's some marks you bear in the body because of jacked up church leadership yeah yeah right. yeah i think um i'm definitely this is this is an interesting one to talk about because it's not one that i just talk about theoretically like i i no. actually know well and he, i think i think daniel knows as well the i i personally know the effects i've lived through the effects both my wife and i of what happens when a church government system when that structure is faulty and it breaks down and it breaks down yep. and it is a literal divorce and the kids are the ones that get hurt the most. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and I have been personally really, really hurt. Um, and I have seen others and helped others and talked to others that uh, are still dealing with this, this particular one that I'm thinking of, but, uh, but yeah, church hurt just in general is uh-huh. huge. Uh, is a huge problem. And so yeah. much of it comes down to the church government and how, how the church leadership structure is set up. Yeah. And I would say even just, I don't know, we, we don't talk about this much, so I don't, I don't think we're beating a dead horse yeah. uh, on the podcast here, but we live in the greater Seattle area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in the wasteland that was left behind by Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill. Yep, and the way that all of that came boiling down, you might say, "Well, what? didn't that have to do with like character and integrity?" Uh, you, a yeah, really I good mean, argument was, could be made for that. It was definitely you, part you, of it. But there were things, uh, church government-wise, or, or relating to church government, that I saw taking place uh, even while I was at seminary and heard news of some changes that Marcel had made, and I remember like turning to the the guy next to me and be like, like that's not going to go well <laughs> this this is the beginning of the end this yeah. and yeah. so these things really do impact people uh so even take you know major major meltdowns that we've seen um i think a lot of that had to had to do with church government so very important topic um very worthwhile in thinking about it um and should play a major part in anyone's decision yeah. to to pick a church. And I know most people don't even know the governments of their church when they pick it. So th- this is this is something that flies under the radar. Well, well, and, you know, we talked, I think it was either last week or the week before, about making a list of things to ask your pastors when you're, when you're getting to know a new church. This has to be near the top. <laughs> How do yeah. you make decisions as a church? Basically, yeah. who holds the authority? How are yep. things passed as a church? How are decisions made? You have to know this, and there has to be a clear answer by your pastors uh, how this, how how that happens, right? If you were to guess, like now we have no data to back this up, so this yeah. is just spit spitballing here. Uh, what what what's the vibe you get as far as like what's the most predominant church government out there, at least in America? Oh boy. I mean, I think it's probably going to be different regionally, like whether you're more north or you're, or you're more or you're more south, but I think I think classically in America, I think what the structure that you have is one known as congregationalism. 
democracy. Yes, mob rule, as I like to say. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sadly, that's that's what it ends up ends up turning into more often than not. Sadly, but yeah, yeah, uh, congregationalism basically meaning the the pastors or the elders, if these churches even have them or have people that they qualify as those things. Um, well, say we have a pastor. Yep. Deacons. Yep. And the members are the ones really voting on everything. Right. right? So, so, so the pastors really don't have, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's really all of the authority is with the congregation. So whatever the congregation votes on, um, that's the way that the church goes. And in the type of churches that I'm thinking of here, that has to do with on the spectrum of what color carpet do we put in the church to, um, you know, voting in new doctrinal statements. So from the small to the big. Now, usually we throw out like voting on carpet and stuff as a joke. No, but it's it a really thing. happens. It's oh, a, it's yeah. a thing. And here's the thing, hot, like hot take for everyone out there. If you can choose a carpet, just choose like the, the dark red one. That way when your communion spills, you don't see it. I'm just, or, or go hardwood. Hardwood shiplap, <gasps> dude. Shiplap no. floors, dude. Let's talk about it. Okay, no, 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 no. let's not talk about it. So yeah, yeah. So congregationalism, Daniel. If you were to, if you were to take on the office of a prophet here, mm-hmm. and uh, and prophesy for us some some issues that that you might see in a church that is completely congregational in their. Uh, government. What are what are some issues that that you think might pop up here, uh, here and again? Um, well, there's like the practical or the I don't know even what to call it. Congregationalism is not known to be the swiftest animal in the Serengeti. Um, okay. So it can be kind of slow, right? You, if you if you've got to gather everyone and vote on things and discuss things until they're dead and then discuss them further. Yeah. Um, so one of the, one of the deficiencies in the model you might point out and say, well, it, it's slow moving. We live in a fast paced world, but I think we want to look at problems that are a little deeper than that. So um, I think one of the, one of the greatest dangers would be divisiveness, uh-huh. knowing that there are some, you know, even over stupid things like carpet or um, color of paint on the wall or um, whether you do a wanna or not, um, there can be like like people engaging in propaganda and uh, what do you call that? Like campaigning. 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 Yep, yep. Campaigning and, is a huge problem with congregational churches. And getting people on their side and starting to really kind of subtly sway and influence and, and work um, different groups out of the church. I think that's going to be one of the biggest problems. I don't think it is the Here's biggest the problem, but I Let, think it's one of no. the biggest. Let's put it like this. If you, there is no clear picture of the U.S. government and how it works than congregationalism in churches. Oh man! <laughs> Sorry, was it was that a little that? Well, see, see, should you're, I you're back provoking, that up? 
No, but, you're provoking uh, the bear because I'm like, yes, you're correct. Although yeah. the founders never designed it to be functioning this way. We are a constitutional republic. Okay, well, we're going to get to that. That's 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 probably the last point. You can still hulk out on that if you want to. But yeah, no, honestly, like like there is there is so much and and again, do we think this is completely across the board? Is there is it possible for there to be a completely congregational led church that's actually doing okay and actually healthy? No. um yeah i would say i would say it'd be very difficult it'd be very difficult but could it happen yes it can happen because you're still dealing with the maturity of people if you have a church that's full with very mature christ honoring gospel-centered people you're gonna be okay would i still advocate for them to mature in in their in their views and, and adopt a different style of of, sure. of, of government yeah yeah i would definitely encourage that um but but yeah more often than not more often than not people mm-hmm. just just aren't aren't mature <laughs> or yeah. or graceful no, <laughs> or excuse me gracious it, yeah it can graceful. graceful they walk clumsily i'm never graceful <laughs> i like to think yeah, i'm I, gracious I, sometimes i would say our biggest our biggest beef with congregationalism is when we read the new testament and we read um paul talking about the qualifications for elders and things that elders do and qualifications for deacons and things that deacons do and we'll get into this on our last point but qualifications uh for members and things members do uh we don't see democratic congregationalism as as it is so often found uh so our biggest beef with that is we're going to say show us that in the bible we don't think that you can um we, yeah. do, we yep. do readily admit that there are duties and authority given to the congregation on certain points, yep. but we don't, That's think coming the later. Congreg- the, we don't think the congregation's <laughs> in the driver's seat on all issues. So no. um, it gets flagged for that. You're going to find it, and you're going to, I think, I, I think in general now, I want to say this very graciously, but a congregational church like that tends to not be a healthy church and um would not be a place that i would want to readily take my family it's not like a deal breaker they are christians they are brothers and sisters in christ yep um i just think it's it's a very flawed system um yeah so what what would be the would be another one josh well well so if it's so if if we're not going to do congregationalism if that's out we've talked about that then that leaves us with with primarily two other options uh at least in my head there might be some more obscure ones but i think this is what we've got we have now churches that are elder ruled and churches okay, so, that, that are elder led. So let's talk about the elder rule first. Um, so the it's the stark opposite. Let we can start yeah, with that. Yeah. So all decisions are made. So we yes. we would be pretty sharp with our definitions on this. We would say all decisions are made by the elders by the elders you have elders you have deacons carrying out the kind of the more day-to-day things but the elders are going to make 100 percent of those decisions right and they things going for them um i think they have some biblical support i i would argue yeah, that I'm there not... are some things handed out by to the congregation but i think it's a very healthy view of what the new testament say yeah no i i'm not against this view uh no. i would like to make that very clear in fact when uh, I was very. You much, are rabidly against this view. I am. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with this view. I am. Were you I raised think, under this view? I was not. 
So really, that's so, actually so, that so, you were. so here's the thing. Um, oh, well, actually, hold on. I'm trying to think. I should listen when you talk. It was a mix. It was a mix. Depending on what church I was in, uh, it was a mix of sometimes, yes, the elders make all the decisions and sometimes, no, it's good for the congregation to have their their say. But but here's the thing. I was very staunch this view probably a few years ago. Very you staunch. caged this view. Um, I don't know about caged. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I try not to be cagey. But uh, I was <laughs> denial is a dead giveaway. <laughs> uh, uh, I was very, very pro this view because I had just come from a church that was very much congregational, and I saw mm. and experienced the effects of just kind of rabid congregationalism. And I was like, nope, not about that. So I'm going to go complete opposite. Sure. Uh, find a church that elder that's elder ruled, and a lot of it was great. A lot of a lot of aspects of elder ruled is good. Again, it comes down to the quality of the leadership. I, I was raised probably 90, 90% of my life has been elder rule. Yeah. Yeah. So or I'm, being I'm not in against it. Elder rule. Yep. I'm not against it, but the the church where the church where I had the the very bad experience. Well, <laughs> Sorry, that's not specific enough. One of the churches where I had a very bad experience um, where the the structure of the church really played a part in hurting a lot of people was an elder-ruled church. Um, yeah. And, so and, and it, it very, can go very badly. And there are a, a few different types. Not, I, I want to be brief on this yeah. point because I think we get really into the weeds, but there are a few different types of elder-led. One of them would be like the elder singular so right. like moses model kind of thing there yeah. are other elders but really they don't decide stuff they're just there to advise um right, right. that uh, yeah that that would seem to be problematic as well yeah yeah when you have and again like this is a preference for me i'm not i'm not a fan of the the hierarchy when it comes to titles like you have your lead pastor and he's love the, that stuff he's the first among equals Yes. And I like, I can't stand that junk, man. First. That just drives, that drives me crazy. Um, because even if you, even if your church is solid, like just setting up that hierarchy of lead yeah. pastor and executive pastor. pastor. And it's just, you don't see it in scripture. You don't, dude, you don't see it. In he's gifted with vision, dude. Yeah, it, dude, it, the vision casting, man. Dude, that was he so casts big. That vision. He casts it so far that nobody can grab it. Like cast, you, cast your vision upon the waters. Yes. Yes. He says, and yeah, after many days it will return to you. That's exactly how you interpret that verse. <laughs> anyway, no, but yeah, yeah. You have, yeah, it sets up a model and this is what we saw at Mars Hill. It sets up a model where one guy be, uh, who's very, you know, he's very personal, has a great personality. Everyone likes him. He's very, fla- um, I almost said flamboyant. That's not the right word. Very, uh, uh, that, no, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Just a very, a very, there we go. That's the word I was looking for. A very big personality. Um, he basically calls the shots sure. and the decisions and the vision quote unquote, that is cast from the church basically comes from this one guy's head and the other elders can either get on board and support that vision because that's the role that God has called him to. And if you don't support it, you're not supporting yeah. him in his role. So they can support um, him or, or, or you can bounce. Basically, jump before you're pushed. Yeah, yeah, jump, <laughs> ju- jump before you're pushed, right? So that is, and again, not always, not always, no, but that no, no. is a potential danger mm-hmm. with elder ruled churches. Again, 
it comes down to the quality and the humility of your leadership. If you got guys that are humble, love the church and are self-sacrificial, you're going to be fine. Um, so Josh, put you yeah. on the spot. Okay. You like doing this a lot. You've been doing this a lot recently. I, I don't it's mind when, it. It's, it's when just... we start to like get lost in the weeds. Okay. I pull out the compass. I'm like, here's where we're going. This is, this is literally the topic. We're not in the weeds. <laughs> Sorry. Go, I know, but ahead. it's taking a long time. Oh, um, if you were kicking the tires on a new church, mm-hmm. you found out they were elder ruled and their specific model of elder rule was Moses model. Would you go there? Just you personally, yeah, preference, right. secondary issue, not not primary gospel right. issue. Just you. Um, no. Yeah. No, 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 I wouldn't. I don't think that that is because here's the thing. Even if the, even if the pastors in that scenario are great, one man is not, I don't care who the man is, he's not equipped to have that much power and that much influence. I mean, what if he was Peter? I mean, Peter never made any mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Even Peter, <laughs> Mr. Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking uh, of yeah. being like, I'm going to go eat with the Jews. And yeah, there's, well, the there's also that. Yeah, there was that. That, that type of structure, um, the elder ruled type of structure, at least in my opinion, plays into the weaknesses that I think all men have and has the ability to take hold of a man's uh, – propensity toward pride um yeah a lot easier than other than other structures so you wouldn't say inherently evil but you would say very dangerous i would say i would say dangerous yep yeah yep okay yep i would um but but there were other models where and this would be the model i grew up in where there was a a plurality of elders Mm -hmm. uh kind of the model championed by john MacArthur um and others where they would even hold the all decisions must be unanimous. Sure. Um, a far better model, I think, than um, a Moses model. And um, which is like, it's crazy. They call it a Moses model because Moses was the one who like appointed people under him and delegated stuff. But anyway, um, neither here nor there. I, I, I think that those are a far better model. And I actually mm-hmm. would attend a church like that. Sure. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't attend a Moses model, but I would be very leery because I do think that there are some things given to the congregation that the congregation should have authority over. Um, and the, and the elders wouldn't necessarily have authority over those things. Right. So, so we that, think it's biblical. Uh, that leads us into, Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. We think it's biblical. We think it has some good support. We think it has some good strengths, uh, a couple weaknesses, but that leads us into elder run. Not or, elder or rule. led, elder led, or led. Is, is elder what, vision what casting. Said. No, stop saying that. That is, I. There are a few phrases in my life that I just abhor, and vision casting has turned into one of them. I hate it so. Is much. rapture ready? Another one. Rapture ready. I don't even know what that means. Is you ready for the rapture? <laughs> it's dog? like, like, do I got do I have my rapture duds on? Like, am I rapture yes. ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to make sure when my pile when my pile of clothes gets neatly folded when I'm gone that it, people are like, ooh, dang, this guy, this guy, this guy had, was this guy, ready. This guy had she was rapture ready. <laughs> John three sixteen, it's in the inside of his, of his belt. <laughs> 
embroidered on my socks. <laughs> yeah. Oh right. my goodness. Anyway, elder led man. Let's yeah. let's wrap this up. If you could uh, describe for our our good listeners what elder led leadership looks like. So we'd say it's very similar to elder rule. So you're going to have elders. They're going to be making the vast majority of the decisions in the church. You're going to have deacons under them kind of carrying out the the vision that was cast. Um, no, they're going to be handling out the, the day in, day out uh, details of ministry. Right. Um, the office of deacons does not get much love, but it is a vitally Dude, it's important. so good. Vitally it's important so task vital. of the church. And then, so you'd have three, what we call kind of three offices. I know some people would cringe at the use of office, but you have the office of elder, deacon, mm-hmm. and member. Member. And so you're going to see the physical aspects of ministry delegated to the deacons. You're going to see the ministry of prayer and the word, preaching, um, teaching, uh, leading, all that stuff to the elders. And then uh, office of member is given, we think, um, some aspects. So King's Cross is what we'd call elder-led or a form of congregationalism because there is authority given to the congregation. And we would not to bring you too deep into our bylaws. We, we think that the new Testament uh, either explicitly or implicitly gives authority to the congregation on five matters of uh, church governance. So the first would be church discipline. The last step in Matthew 18 says, take it to the church and the church is to put them out. So, um, we think that's actually a, all of these are really safeguards for our people. Um, if the congregation has the final vote and say over church discipline, guess what? I don't get to do as an elder. I don't get to church discipline you <laughs> yeah. just because you crossed me or didn't agree with me, or I think you're stupid. Which I can personally say on a personal level, which is what personally means. That was very attractive to me. Uh, <laughs> that I couldn't just church discipline that you. <laughs> you couldn't just basically say someone's done and that was the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. The final say is with the congregation. So that that's one we think by logical inference and we could, uh, you might be able to point to it in a few passages. We think that the congregation that has a say over member inclusion. Hmm. So sure. Um, Paul saying, you know, writing to receive such a one, um, then hearing his testimony before they received him, the church having the keys to the back door of the church, it would seem like they would have the keys to the front door. We think this is a safeguard for our people because I couldn't stack as an elder. Let's say I wanted to um, get, get something passed. And so I stacked the deck, the members with my friends from other churches or something. Right. And so just like, you show up to a meeting and there's like a hundred extra people there. And the other goes, Oh with yeah, signs, I made these all members with signs that say we love Daniel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't do that. No. Uh, so members can only vote in um, prospective members. Now the others do a lot of the work and in interviewing and talking with prospective members and presenting yeah, and, them and, and that's, all that. That's important to say is that in just, just because the congregation here at King's Cross has a say in these decisions does not mean that the elders are just leaving everything up to the congregation completely. 
the elders are like part of the elders job is the vetting process. Like we, Mm -hmm. the elders are the ones that make the decisions of whether to bring this to the congregation. Right. And then the congregation takes it from that point. And it's a, in in my opinion, it's a very seamless uh, transition, but the elders aren't just throwing their hands up and being like, well, Hey, the congregation does everything. So we can just sit back and, enjoy the ride that no, the elders are working through this entire process in order to get it to the point to where the congregation uh, can be presented with it. Yeah. And I feel uh, in some of those topics, like it's, I'm reporting, here's, here's what your elders have done. And now we put it before you. If there was a, if there was a 60, 40 split, it would be kind of a testament to like, maybe we didn't vet this as as much as we should have. <laughs> if there was an 80-20, I would be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, um, yep, yep. Or, or an 80-20, I didn't see coming. If I saw it coming, I wouldn't necessarily be disappointed. Like some of sure. you just can't do that. But um, if I was like, shocked. Like like when you brought me in, let's be honest. It's like you, you expected You that. were unanimously approved because no one knew you. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could have just stopped after a nanosly proof. You didn't Dude. have to add that second part. <laughs> You're the worst <laughs> friend I have. I swear. Oh, That's my probably true. Uh, um, third thing that yeah, congregation yeah, yeah. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Come on. Doctrine. Uh, so we cannot make any change in our bylaws um, without the congregation. So I couldn't as an elder show up at a meeting and hand our church a new set of bylaws. So we can't change doctrine without the congregation voting. So that's pretty key. Um, This one's not necessarily biblical, but I think it's in keeping with biblical wisdom. We can't sell or buy property without the congregation. So we can't get the congregation. There goes my church casino idea. Yes. Dang it. You can't get the congregation in tremendous amounts of debt or sell the church building and divide the proceeds among the elders. So, <laughs> yeah, it happens. Oh, yeah, it um, does. Yeah. And last one would be appointment of officers. So elders and deacons are voted on by the congregation. Those are the five areas that we have as a church. So we, we think that 95% goes through elders and deacons. Um, and then 5% is there for the congregation. And we view many of those things as like a safety, like the, the church's hand on the emergency brake. Um, mm, yeah, which is a really, the, which is a really great way to put it, because that that I think shows the synchronicity and the relationship, and the closeness of relationship that should be there between church leadership and the congregation. There's not this huge gap and this huge divide between the two parties where they re- really never communicate and there's no relationship there. It it literally is that we as a congregation have the ability that that has been given to us by our bylaws and by and by the the, the elders to help keep the elders accountable, just as the elders keep us accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, that if if you know heaven forbid you decide to go wonky on us, you, we have as a congregation have the ability to hit that emergency break and be like, Hey, Daniel, you, well, you, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. You have more than the ability of the responsibility. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's your duty at that point to say, bro, you need to cool it. Yeah. 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 No, that's exactly right. And I think in my opinion, you know, if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have said this, but in my opinion, I think this is the best model. I think this model 
uh, fosters the most healthy churches when done correctly. I think it has the ability to have a closeness of a body better than any of the other models. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and I wouldn't, you know, I would have said a couple of years ago, you know, I don't think the congregation should have any any say on who becomes a pastor. That's something that only the elders decide. And and I would have held to that until I saw, well, mm-hmm. if the elders are the only ones that can have a say in bringing somebody in, the elders are the only ones that can kick a pastor out. Uh, and then bring in replacements. And then bring in replacement pastors. And I'm like, oh, this has another edge to it. There's that. That's a two-edged sword um, that I don't particularly like. Um, so yeah, in my opinion, I think this is the best model, the church, the best church government structure that there is. Um, you know, and again, it all comes down to obviously congregation and elders being mature and and humble and gracious. And I think other. that's its weakness is if they're not. Every system oh, yeah. has a potential weakness, right? Of so course. in the, in this system, if you don't have a mature congregation, it's not going to work well. No. And if you don't have a mature, confident eldership where they're feeling very like defensive against congregation and very yeah. um, like us, them kind of thing, that's not going to go well either. No, 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 no system is perfect. No system no. is perfect. But there are better systems, um, and I think there are systems that have the ability, if, if, like we said, if people are acting the way they should, have the ability to be very, very beneficial for both the elders and the congregation mutually. Uh, and you'll find, I think, the health of your church to just, just get better and better and better um, if your structure is correct. So I think we've, I think we've, uh, I think we've hammered this. I think the, the lid is on the coffin. Have you got anything else? Yes, find a find a church where you as a member can be active. Oh yeah. And be a vital piece to that community of faith. I, I think that's huge. I think that um you want godly elders. I think that's something that like I, like we would obviously um think that, that having godly elders and deacons is um I think it almost goes without saying. But having a place where they say, you know, each and every one of our church members has responsibility, has a role and is mm-hmm. important. I think it's huge. Oh, it's, 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 it's massive. Like it really is like, it's, it's so important. And, and, you know, it really comes down to that. Like when looking for a church, I don't think the first question should be, what does this church have for me? It's, I think it needs to be what, how can I serve? How can I serve this church? It's a very different mentality. We live in such a consumeristic mentality, and I think it sure. has seeped into even even the church is, you know, how is this church benefiting me? Does it have what I want? Does it have what I need? Um, well, maybe we should be asking the questions, how, what do I have that this church can use? How can the Lord use me to serve my brothers and sisters in this context? Um, I think we would... I think it would be a very, uh, a very more united gospel centered front if we all decided to kind of take that mentality. For sure. All right, man. But we thank you for listening to our blabbering. 
Ramblings. Ramblings, blabberings. You can listen to it uh, all the more if you follow us on all the socials on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Reformatory Pod. Thank you for our new patrons. And uh, we do ask that uh, if you would consider helping Daniel and I on this mission to rattle the cages. we could use your support help on on patreon uh reformatory podcast and help us out we really really appreciate it keep a lookout uh for more giveaways we had our first giveaway winner uh, a little bit ago won an awesome set of spurgeon books and we're going to be doing more giveaways so that's going to be coming up here in the very near future thank you all for listening and look forward to talking to you guys next time oh bye